Hello and welcome to Slot Plus, the special bonus segment of the Slate Culture Gab Fest just for members. If you're listening to this, that means you're a supporter of Slate Plus, the journalism that we do, and these extra segments we do on our show. Today, we are going to take a question from a listener. That question is, what writer, now dead, do you wish you could reanimate so that he or she could cover the current election? Steve, what writer, now dead, do you wish you could reanimate so that he or she could cover the current election? Um, are you going to limit me to one name here, Julia, or can I throw uh, out two or three? Th- hit it. Go for it. Swing for the fences. <laughs> we can have right, a well, whole the, zombie uh, armada of, uh, of it, uh, zombie phalanx works. of former journalists. Yeah. Okay. Well, the first one that came to mind was H.L. Mencken, you know, whose acerbidity, I don't know, whose acerbic wit would have been... Um, would have found its uh, perfect target in Trump. He would have been quite something to hear him carve into tiny little pieces, not only Trump, but the Republican Party and um, the supporters of such a ninny. Um, uh, The second name that came to mind was um, Hannah Arendt, who, um, you know, people have been diligently sending around amazing quotes from the origins of totalitarianism, because uh, she lived through it. She lived through it as a young Jewish woman and a philosopher um, and someone who was deeply versed in um, European philosophy and history. And she recorded her experiences not only both vividly and abstractly. I think the important part of that equation was she wasn't just a boots on the ground, you know, pair of eyeballs reporting what she saw. She really understood it conceptually and therefore was able to lay out what the sort of structure of totalitarian vulnerability was in a way that's so uncannily apt for what we're going through today. It's kind of horrifying. But then finally, and probably my, if I were forced uh, to provide one answer, it would have to be Orwell, not only the greatest journalist who ever lived, or at least in the English language, the greatest journalist who ever lived, but in my estimation, the person who most instinctively understood when language was be- being perverted in the service of a horrible uh, and ideologically driven lie, and someone who also instinctively really understood the t- craving for uh, totalitarian simplicity or authoritarian simplicity um, and the giving over of one's free will and conscience to s- a supposed strongman or or the giving over of one's own you know judgment to a system of of of, of total belief Orwell would have been just astonishing to read in real time as the uh, Trump phenomenon unfolded those are good assignments maybe you should be you should be in uh, a zombie editor Steve uh, <laughs> Dana who who are your picks well, Steve stole my first one, which was Orwell. I mean, I, I really do think, especially even just given the time period that he wrote about, you know, I feel like Orwell almost needs to be reanimated from the dead to write about now because he's the most who can sort of bring the most historical firepower to his argument. And, and he is, is definitely missed. But among more contemporary journalism, someone that I keep thinking of is Marjorie Williams, who mm-hmm. died in 2005 and who was, was it mainly the Washington Post she wrote for her column? Yeah. And Vanity Fair, I think. And Vanity Fair. Yeah, she did a lot of great profiles for Vanity Fair too, and who I should say is the the is was the wife of a former colleague at Slate and a good friend of mine, Tim Noah. Um, but she was just so incredibly sharp at writing political profiles that understood both the uh, the personal and the political, and that sort of balanced a person's messy human desires for you know power, attention money, whatever it is that, that drives people into politics, um, along with, you know, their ideals and the ideas that they tried to represent. And she wrote incredible profiles of people like Lee Atwater or Bill Clinton, she wrote about amazingly. Um, who else were some of her, her profile subjects? 
They'd always come from both sides of the aisle. Anna Quinlan, the journalist she wrote about, but she just she had a way of, of sort of illuminating, illuminating personality and ideas at the same time that seems like she could she could take apart this campaign like no one else. That's a really good suggestion. I love that idea. Uh, in a similar vein, I've been missing our former Slate colleague, Christopher Hitchens, whose incisive and prolific pen, I think, would have been particularly sharp on this cycle, uh, and particularly the ways in which it touches on Europe, um, the echoes with Brexit, which I would have loved to read him on, and the kind of cavalier comments that Trump has made about NATO, I think, would have animated Hitchens in a way that would have been really fascinating to read. Another thought I had, and I'm not sure that he's the only journalist who would be interesting on this subject, but I've been thinking of David Halberstam's book, The Best and the Brightest, which tells the story of how the United States entered the Vietnam War, but tells it from the perspective of, you know, as you mentioned, Dana, both the personal ambitions of people within the Kennedy administration uh, the ideas that animated them in their thinking, and then also just the systems and bureaucracies and the kind of structures of power that allowed all of those things to intersect and gel in the way that they did and create the results that they did. And in some ways, a reported feature on the mechanisms and personalities within the media and within this campaign of that sort uh, would be interesting. And I'd be curious for his view. Yeah, and what would have been so great, Julia, about Hitchens is he would have been, he would have relished the opportunity to return to his Clinton hatred. Um, it would have carved them both up deliciously, and at the end of the day, would have had the good sense to still get behind her against him. Would have been interesting to see. Maybe could be. He had a way of surprising, though. It's true. Um, <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, can I add an uh, unrelated bit of journalistic scuttlebutt about a piece of writing I would like to see about this campaign by non-dead journalists that we will <laughs> nevertheless still not get to see? Um, I like non-dead journalists as much as the next guy. Yeah. So John Heileman and Mark Halperin have made a name for themselves the last two campaign cycles by writing these incredibly dishy tell-all books about what hap- what really happened during the campaign. They're both very good reporters. Uh, and Game Change, which was the book about the amazing 08 campaign, which I think anyone covering it thought was untoppable in their lifetimes as a campaign of extreme interest and vivid characters and surprising twists and turns, um, was a bestseller and just a fantastic read and a great piece of dishy, dirty reporting. Um, and there is this – there has been this tradition of the the reporters who gather information along the way during the campaign uh, but then release – something a little juicier, have a set of information that they're gathering that they reserve for release after the election is over, um, which is how they get access to the, the dirtier inner workings of the of politics. Heileman and Halperin did this again in 2012 in a book, I believe, called Double Down, uh, which is a less good title, a less interesting election, and thus a less successful book. And I have heard that they are not doing it this time around, that they're not, that there will be no game change for this election by them. Uh, and the other outlet that used to do that was Newsweek. I don't know that they're doing it now. So, uh, the, the I hope somebody somewhere is working on a dishy tell all about all of the characters in this campaign. <laughs> but that's like a staple of campaigns that we may not get this year. It would, seems like a really rough year to not have it. Maybe there'll be an anonymous tell all from somebody within each of the campaigns. It, there will certainly be good books written about this by somebody somewhere, but um, not necessarily that specific one. 
All right. Well, that is an incredible roster of people that it would be fascinating to read on this election. Thank you guys for uh, being game to answer that question. Thanks so much to the listener who submitted that question. Uh, And do not forget, dear listeners, you still have your opportunities to submit questions for our call-in show at this number. 201-890-3378. So please send us any query you'd like for us to answer. Thank you so much for being Slate Plus members. And thank you, Steve and Dana, for being with me. We'll talk to you guys next week.